0: Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It is December 19th. In this episode, you'll hear from Taylor Combalousier Mining Analyst. He'll review his recent site visit to Colombia. Aris Mining's recent merger with GCM Mining has kick-started the integration of the two companies from operations to engaging with the local community. Next up, Kobe Kushner, Mining Analyst. Will also update us on the results from grounded lithium's second-ever dedicated lithium well in Saskatchewan, and rounding out the episode, Timothy Lee, mining analyst, will fill us in on Japan Gold's latest drilling results from the Saroma prospect. Taylor, over to you.
1: Hello, and thank you for the warm welcome. This week, I'll be speaking about Aeres Mining. We have a buy rating and 11.50 target price. We recently traveled to Colombia, where we visited Aris Mining's Segovia Operations in Antioquia and its Soto Norte development project in Santander. Given the recent closing of the merger between GCM and Aris Gold, we were impressed with the rapid integration of the two companies. I'll start by talking at the project level and then move on to some overarching comments that apply to the company as a whole. At Segovia, we toured the mine and the expanded Maria Dama processing plant which recently increased its throughput to 2,000 tons per day, as well as the polymetallic plant, both of which were operating smoothly. We expect ARIS to meet its 2022 production guidance of 210 to 225,000 ounces of gold for Segovia. We anticipate production of approximately 217,000 ounces of gold at total cash costs of $827 per ounce sold. Additionally, we expect Segovia to consistently produce over 200,000 ounces of gold per year going forward. At Soto Norte, we were impressed with the approach Aris is taking to engage with the local community as it goes through the environmental permitting process. We believe there are several aspects that make Soto Norte a buildable mine, including that the footprint of the operation is entirely outside the Paramo, which is critical as exploiting the Paramo has been illegal since 2014. It is also conceived to be a compact mine with a small footprint, though there remains potential in the future for this to be expanded, particularly if the geology is supportive. Additionally, the processing is planned to use flotation to produce concentrates and that no mercury or cyanide would be used. The company also plans to limit the amount of external water use and use a dry stack tailings facility. We believe there's substantial upside exploration potential, given the project is hosted within an area of just over 10% of the mining titles held by the JV. It is known that the vein structures extend to surface and are open at depth and along strike, presenting upside potential for expansion via drilling. We expect submission of an amended ESIA in Q4 of next year, and then a response from the Colombian Mining Agency within another year. Thus, we expect receipt of an environmental permit in approximately two years and construction to start in earnest in 2025. We also have three high-level takeaway points from our site visit. The first being that the Colombian context is misunderstood by the market. With Petra having been in power for several months, we have seen many of his hardline commitments being walked back. Most notably, a planned 10% export tax on gold was scrapped. During our visit, we had dinner with Monica de Greif, an ARIS board member who was previously Minister of Justice and Vice Minister of Mines and Energy for the Republic of Colombia. She provided insight on how the government is coming to accept economic reality and the importance that the resource sector plays in Colombia, particularly with its ambition to be a key contributor to the green transition. The second key takeaway was that the formalization of small scale miners is key. One of the keys to successfully operating in Colombia is engaging with small-scale miners to address illegal and informal mining. The benefits of formalization are multifold and include the elimination of mercury, as well as better environmental practices. It also increases access to occupational health and safety professionals, as well as standards, access to technical experts and best practices, and access to the social security and proper labor standards. And finally, it also allows for payment of taxes and royalties to the state. Formalization has been successfully implemented at Segovia with over 60 contracts signed since 2012, and it's now being rolled out at Marmoto. We believe this should serve as an important test for ARIS to prove it can successfully apply it to Sordo Norte. Sordo Norte does not have the same mining history and familiarity as Segovia and Marmoto. And the last key takeaway is that ARIS mining has a solid growth profile. With Segovia consistently producing over 200,000 ounces of gold per year, an expansion underway at Marmato, and the significant development projects of Soto Norte and Toro Peru in its pipeline, we estimate production to reach approximately 794,000 ounces of gold by 2027. This assumes 50% ownership of Soto Norte. We also note that ARIS remains open to additional acquisition and growth opportunities. Over to you, Kobe.
2: Thanks, Taylor. I want to talk about a company called Grounded Lithium Corp, that is GRD on the venture. We have a buy rating, $0.85 target, and this is a Red Cloud banking client. Grounded Lithium is a relatively new player in the Western Canadian lithium brine space, having only gone public last August. The company is focused on lithium brines in Saskatchewan, a top-ranked mining jurisdiction, but also a jurisdiction that is no stranger to liquid resource extraction given that it's the second biggest oil and gas producer in Canada. At its flagship Kindersley project, the company defined a 2.9 million ton LCE resource in the Leduc-Dupereau formation, and we do expect this resource to keep growing as the company continues to grow its land package. This past summer, the company drilled what was the second lithium test well in the province, and last week grounded reported test results from this program, Lithium concentrations from this well were in-line or better than resource-grade. As we've stressed in the past, however, deliverability is what arguably matters more so than grade. That is, the brine flow rates that one can achieve. So Grounded also did some production testing using an electrical submersible pump, running it at max capacity. And the results, in our view, are really good. Grounded anticipates optimal well design to have flow rates of 29,000 barrels a day per well. That's over 4,600 cubic meters a day. And these are optimized results. However, the company did hint that it would target a more conservative flow rate of 18,000 barrels a day, which is just shy of 3,000 cubic meters for its upcoming PEA. Now, these flow rates are well above the 1,000 cubic meter a day minimum threshold that we typically look for when assessing DLE projects. The company also is looking to update its technical report to incorporate this new data along with additional land that it has since picked up. So speaking of land, the company has a very targeted approach to acquiring it. Management has leveraged their extensive experience in the oil and gas sector to identify ground that favors producibility, where lithium brine resources may be most efficiently and cost-effectively brought to surface. Key considerations include shallow reservoir depths, reservoir thicknesses, porosity, and permeability. We do like the management team here, these are real operators with a demonstrated track record of getting liquid resources out of the ground, and we look forward to seeing that updated technical report, as well as a maiden PEA, which is due in Q2 next year, and we do expect this PEA to raise some eyebrows here. Tim, what's new in your universe?
3: Thanks, Kobe. This week, I will talk about drilling results from two companies. I will start with Titan Minerals Limited. That's TTM on the ASX. We do not currently rate the shares of Titan. Titan reported results from the first two holes of the Maiden drill program at the Copper Ridge Prospect, located on its Linderos project in southern Ecuador. Both holes encountered broad intervals of copper, moly, gold, and silver mineralization. One hole was drilled at an angle through the core of the system, encountering mineralization within the potassic alteration zone on both sides of the central phyllic alteration zone assays from this hole include 0.4% copper equivalent over 308 meters, and another interval of 0.4% copper equivalent over 91.3 meters further down hole. The hole ended in mineralization at a vertical depth of about 400 meters. We note this hole encountered mineralization from surface as well, with a lower grade interval of 0.2% copper equivalent over the first 28 meters. The second hole encountered multiple mineralized intervals, albeit with lower grades. This includes 0.3% copper equivalent over 52 meters, and 0.1% over 92 meters. Overall, these are positive results, as these holes confirm that Copper Ridge is a sizable porphyry target, with mineralization starting from surface. Looking forward, assays are pending for six more holes at Copper Ridge, and the company is conducting further surface mapping and sampling and looking at a possible IP geophysical program in early 2023. Once all assays are received, further exploration, likely including further drilling, will be planned for Copper Ridge. Secondly, we also had drilling results from Japan Gold, that's JG, on the TSX Venture Exchange. We have a buy rating and a $1 target price on Japan Gold, which is a Red Cloud Investment banking client. The results are from six holes at the Saroma Prospect, one of multiple prospects located on the company's 100% old Ikutohara projects in northern Japan. The holes were drilled along a 1 kilometer length of the Saroma vein, which is part of a larger 3.5 kilometer long structure that hosts three areas of historic mine workings. All six holes encountered quartz veining up to 8 meters wide, with characteristics typical of low sulfidation epithermal systems. The highlight from the assays was 1,450 grams a ton silver, and 1.3 grams a ton gold, over 1.05 meters. Overall, these are encouraging results for the initial drill program at the Soroma Prospect, as all holes encountered epithermal veining, including some high-grade assays. The high silver grades are notable, and perhaps a bit surprising, particularly given the historic gold mining records from the three mines at the Soroma Prospect. The company is planning a 2023 work program that will further target the Saroma structure and head towards the Jomon workings, located five kilometers away and on trend.
0: Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this dive into recent notable mining news. Remember, You can join us every Monday for new episodes, and as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com to access our research portal, to read full disclosures, and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode, and see you next time.